we are excited to welcome you to another episode of Live to Give More. We will discuss ways to have impact in our communities and around the world. We will introduce our audience to inspiring ideas and people who are making significant changes. Together, we will navigate how we can all better serve others and spread kindness. We decided to create this podcast in order to do our part and give our listeners ways to take action and be the change. My name is Anna G. Ehrlich, and I'm a wife, mom, marketing and events professional who serves the nonprofit world in many capacities. My name is Elise Shekbonwit, and I am a wife, mom, attorney, author, and business owner who has been fortunate to serve in leadership roles and volunteer opportunities through several nonprofit organizations. My motto is, give more than you take. We are friends who have a variety of experiences, skills, and opinions that will make you think, cry, and smile, but most importantly, expose you to special ways to give back. We will inform you about what is going on in the world and what you need to know about how to make a difference. So let's get started. Jack and Jill Center was established in 1942 by the Junior League of Greater Fort Lauderdale as an emergency nursery school providing child care during World War II to women entering the workforce for the first time as their husbands were called overseas. Today, 80 years later, Jack and Jill Center is a nonprofit 501c3 community-based organization that provides comprehensive, holistic, wraparound support services to children of high-need parents who work or attend school in order to improve their well-being and quality of life. Jack and Jill Center is the oldest nonprofit provider of early childhood education in Broward County, and at its core, the critical work has remained the same since its inception. They continue to serve families, primarily women-led households, educate children, and both support and advocate for families and our community. Today, we are excited to interview our guest, Heather Siskin, Chief Executive Officer of Jack and Jill Center. Bringing more than 21 years of experience in early childhood education to Jack and Jill Center, Heather is a proven leader in education. As CEO, Heather has successfully led the organization, the longest-running nonprofit provider of early childhood center in Broward County, into the future. Growing up with limited means in Illinois, Heather became passionate about early childhood education at a very young age. For many years after school, she would volunteer at the child care center she attended as a little girl. Today, as the CEO, Heather is responsible for setting the strategic direction of the center, providing a safe, healthy, and enriching learning environment, providing leadership for the staff, developing and managing financial resources, and maintaining healthy relationships with the center's board, parents, community leaders, and others in the early childhood community. Under Heather's leadership, she has expanded the program to include a new elementary school, the Madeline Almos Academy, serving students in kindergarten through fifth grade. Prior to that time, Heather was a director of dependent care services with Baptist Health Service of South Florida, responsible for the oversight of nearly four learning centers. Before that, she was a director of Baptist Hospital and South Miami Hospital Early Learning Centers. It is easy to understand how, Heather, you are involved in this incredible organization, not to mention your degrees from Miami-Dade College, education that you have, and all these incredible things. So, Heather, we're going to get into your story and how you're doing this. But I just want to mention one more thing. 
you were honored as one of the top women-led businesses in Florida in 2020. And we're definitely going to hear more about that in our podcast. Heather, you are an extremely passionate human being, and we are so excited to welcome you today to this podcast. Listeners out there, I just probably... You should look up, you honestly need to look up her bio because we, we would take up this yeah, whole session Elise, on her you bio. Couldn't have said it better. So we're cutting you off and I just want to hear from you, Heather, because <laughs> everyone can read her bio. It's impressive and it's it's on it's I just couldn't inspiring. have more. Let, let's so hear more. Welcome, about you. Heather. We said enough. Thank you. Yes, go read more about her. Welcome, welcome, Heather. Thank you for being with us today to talk about Jack and Jill's children's center and how we become more aware and take action. So What inspired you to work for Jack and Jill? Well, ladies, first of all, thank you for having me here today. And thank you for adding a voice to nonprofit organizations out there. So I feel like, thank you for reading that bio. You're right, there is more to it, but you got a little bit of the story of what led me to Jack and Jill. So I would say the first day I showed up to really take a look around, I said, oh, this is why I've done everything I've ever done in life. It has led me here. So this, it's interesting, all the different pieces that I had touched over my career, we do that here in this organization. So growing up with the lived experiences of living in poverty, single mom, you know, I was the first woman to graduate from college in my family. I myself had been a single mom. So I mean, you name it, it was it was a part of my journey. And, you know, I, I ended up getting scholarship into a private grade school when I was younger. And I really needed that because we had to move around a lot. And I never really had consistency in my education. And that allowed me to have a home and to have that space. So through my time here, like you mentioned, we have grown into an elementary school. So we're serving children from six weeks all the way through fifth grade now. So really just my passion and all the work. I have a master's degree in social work that has also helped me along in my journey and, and a huge passion for early education. That's, that's incredible. So what is the mission of this incredible organization? And how many people, I'm just going to ask you a two-part question. Sure. How many people are you currently serving through your programs and projects? Yes, thank you for that. So the mission of Jack and Jill is to strengthen children and families through innovative education, supportive programming, and community engagement. And so we want every child and family to reach their full potential. We serve about 140 children in our accredited early learning center. We are accredited by the National Association for the Education of Young Children, which is the highest level of accreditation you can get out there in the country for early education. We will have the capacity of serving around 220 elementary students. Right now, we're at about 120. We just opened the brand new building last school year. So we are slowly growing and filling up our classrooms. And then, of course, we serve all of their families. So we do wraparound care. We have a whole medical arm here at Jack and Jill as well. So we are serving all of the parents for anything that they need, financial assistance, education, jobs. All of our families have to work or go to school and everyone has to pay something to come here. So we are true partners in helping the family and also helping the child. We also provide every child who does attend our academy of the scholarship to the Florida Prepaid College Foundation. So they will be able to attend college as well. Okay, so how does your organization address the issues in our community? Yeah, so we start by listening, right? What are the needs of the community? So for example, this elementary school, this was all designed by our parents. They said, Heather, we want our children to stay here. And so we did strategic planning. We thought this through. We worked with our board members. We looked at the capacity of raising dollars. We raised about $10.5 million. We just finished that campaign last month in order to run the school. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we raised the money and built a school during COVID. That was huge for us to stay, not only make, making sure that the operations were being sustained, but also to build and raise the funds for this. It was, it's been an incredible journey. Let me ask you a question on that. Were, were those pub, uh, private funds or like or corporate funds? How did, you, how did you do the fundraising there? Yeah, so we have lots of means to do fundraising. So we'll have foundations, corporations, people who privately gave. City of Fort Lauderdale stepped in as well and gave some money. So really took a community. I mean, that's really what this is. It is all about community and what does the community need? What are they asking for? And how do we help support them through that? Perfect. So Heather, tell us a little bit about your team of leaders. Yeah. So let me start with my board. I have a 32 member board. They are amazing. They really know how to support the organization. They help us stay really connected. They help provide that vision as well. And so I couldn't ask for a better group of people to have stepped in and help us. We also have lots of committees that support the organization. So a lot of people are, I am interested in joining your board and we find them a space at least on a committee. So we've got that community support coming in in that sense. I would say internally with the leaders I have here, they are here and they are doing such a good job. They are, I mean, they breathe this organization. They live and breathe by it. So our CFO has been here for over 20 years. Our director of family support has been here for over 20 years. Our development director has been here for about 10 years. And prior to that, she was on the board and doing volunteer work. So we've got some really nice support internally too, to help make sure that we maintain and enhance that vision. That's great. So, I mean, it sounds like you have a great support system. What's your leadership style? So how do you continue to get them to do what they're doing and inspire them? Great question. So I always say I'm a collaborative leader. Sometimes that takes a little longer to get some things done, but I am also going at the speed of light, right? We are moving and shaking here. Like give us any strategic plan and we're going to get it done. So I'm very collaborative. I want to hear from the people that work in this organization. I want to hear what their strengths are, how to apply those talents. What do they see? What do they see on the ground too? You know, yeah. what are, what are, what are the, our, our clients saying, what is happening in the community? How do we respond to that? So during COVID, for example, we knew that getting food out to people was essential. And so we went to a whole world of passing out food to our community and anybody could be a part of that. And we really got together around that and we just shifted and made that happen based on the needs of what the community needed. What are the biggest challenges and obstacles you face as a community leader? Okay, so I'm taking a breath for this one, right? (laughs) Uh, I feel like we really do have to face a lot of challenges in our work. It definitely takes a community to provide the services that we provide. Again, we're early education, we're elementary education, we're family wraparound support, and we're also providing health services. So our biggest obstacle is money. We're raising $4 million this year for a $7 million budget. You know, so we really have to be focused on our fundraising and what that looks like, what our strategy is, and how do we be sustainable for the future? So that is something that we're very, very focused on right now. And I would also say, as many people, but in, particularly in the field of early education, it's it's sustaining teachers, uh, retaining them, recruiting them, paying them what they deserve. I mean, that's that's a huge challenge for us. We were just able to bump up the minimum to $15 an hour, and we've been working on that for years. So that was super important for us to be able to, to make sure that we're paying our staff adequately. So I would say that's a huge challenge is just the affordability of care for parents, the quality of care for parents, and the accessibility of care for families. Okay, that makes amazing. 
Yep. So you're so inspiring, even just this short conversation we've had so far. And obviously you have a lot of people who you continue to inspire. What inspires you? Like, are there any community leaders that inspire you? Who do you admire? I need to know where this is all coming from. Wow. Great question. That's a hard one. I just feel like I am out there building relationships with so many people and I'm constantly, that is me. My number two strength on strength finders is connectedness. So I am out there wanting to meet people, know them, get to know them, what drives them to and what I can kind of use for that. I would say my, my go-to person, Jermaine from the urban league. I mean, how can you not, right? Like she's amazing. Um, You'd heard and she is phenomenal, just like you. <laughs> so she's just somebody that I call upon. I've got some other friends, even up in Palm Beach County that I've been, you know, really close to who run nonprofits. And I think that's the good thing about our nonprofit community. I used to be the chair of the Nonprofit Executive Alliance, and that's about 115 nonprofit CEOs. And we know that we have the opportunity to call each other and get to know each other that way. And then other groups too, that we sit on and that we collaborate together with. So wouldn't say it was necessarily one person. It's just, it's, it's such a supportive community and it is lonely at the top. So having them there to call is vital. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about what's next, your project, the goals, how do you ensure that your goals are bold enough and how do you keep innovation alive in your organization? Good question. So again, I mentioned that we created this elementary school and fundraised during COVID, right? And we we never, you know, had to lay anybody off. We paid everybody. So we can be any challenge. That is who we are. And, and right. Struggle. The fact that you did all of that during COVID is is, is just outstanding. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the team is incredible. I really did take a team to make that happen. Currently, we are working on strategic planning. So we're looking at possibly an endowment campaign that is really going to be important for sustainability, really making sure that we're focused in on data right? And having the data tell our story and what we can look at the research and apply the best practices. But how does that actually work here in this community at this organization? And how do we use the data to pivot if we need to? So that's another big thing that we're looking at too. Continuously looking at board development, community relationships. How do we respond to the needs of the community? How do we respond to the needs of our employees in order to make this a better workplace for them? All of those things that are taken into consideration as we look at our goals and continue to move in the organization. That's great. That sounds so I love quotes. I need to know what motto or quote gets you through the day because you need to have one. So I made up one and I haven't really Googled it. So maybe somebody else made it up and I'm just taking credit. But the one I use all the time is when you have hope, you have everything. And so hope is really connected to me. I'm always looking for where is the silver lining? How do we make this better? What is the solution here? And really, really just holding on to hope. I love that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do to enjoy your own personal time? And what brings you joy? Wow, great question. So I'll start with the family. I'm married. I have an incredibly supportive husband, thank goodness, because I'm doing a million and one things at the same time. I don't know how he keeps up with me. I have a 28-year-old daughter. I have a 25-year-old son, an eight-month-old grandson, and a three-year-old daughter. So also during COVID, I had this COVID baby, right, on my hip, on my meetings, she zoomed it up every single day with me. So that's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun along the way to be a grandma and a mom again. I also have a book club that's very active, and we meet on a monthly basis. I'm also I very involved. 
book recs for from you. Yes, a book club for sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's been really great. I I wanted to find a way to connect with my friends, and so I just put them all together in one group and they actually said yes. And it's been very successful. So super happy about that. I'm a plant mom. I've got my, I've got dogs, I've got my cats. So I'm an animal mom too. I also volunteer a lot. I was the past president for the Florida Association for the Education of Young Children, which is a statewide group that's really out there advocating for children, stay very connected to advocacy, sit on different boards in the community as well. So I'm I do say no to things, believe it or not, but I'm also very active. And then another thing that I do enjoy that I call my soul work is I recently became certified to be a life coach and executive coach. And so I do have a few clients that I work with on the side and I grow as much as they do. Absolutely love it. That's amazing. When do you you squeeze in some sleep? When do you put a few hours down to say, I'm going to shut my eyes a little bit? Yeah, I have a bedtime, believe it or not, of 10 p.m. And I have my little alarm on my phone. And uh, sometimes we argue, but I do really try to get as much sleep as I possibly can. But again, with a three-year-old, that's very difficult, but I make it happen. That's Good. awesome. Good to well, hear. Good to I know. mean, it's amazing everything you're doing. What is your advice to your 21-year-old self? Good question. I love self-compassion. And I think that we should have more of it. So I would say, bring on the compassion, Heather, you know, and at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay, right? You're going to be able to accomplish everything that you're setting out to do. And I think also I would tell my 21 year old self, you manifest what you want to create. I do truly believe we manifest what we want. So I would just say, lean into that. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about the volunteer opportunities and possible action steps that we can take to move your cause forward. Wow. Now this is probably the most important question of the day. So thank you for asking it. So if anyone wants to get directly involved in Jack and Jill, they can just go to jackandjillcenter.org. And there are other connecting organizations we work with, such as Reading Pals with United Way and the Children's Movement. We have a lot of Reading Pals here that work with our children four years old to second grade. We also are working very closely with Big Brothers Big Sisters to make sure every child who participates in the elementary school does have a big. And then they can also do individual things. We do have over 30 corporate partners here in the organization. And so corporations get the opportunity to bring their staff here to volunteer. But what I would say overall is that early education needs the support of everyone. These children are our future workforce. And so there's a advocacy coalition that was created through the Florida Association for the Education of Young Children called the One Voice Advocacy Coalition. And we need people to really get involved and what is happening on the ground with early education. This is not a, an issue that's just for a certain type of parent. This, this is for all parents and all children. Childcare is unaffordable. Teachers are not paid well. Many of them don't have benefits. They don't have a way to take care of themselves. So we're basically running this on the backs of people that are giving themselves up, right? They're giving up themselves to do this very, very difficult work. And I cannot say it enough. I mean, I I live in the world of early education and elementary, and I can say those early educators have it far more challenging than the elementary school. Well, that's a foundation. So if we don't set that straight from the beginning, we're not going to have a very productive future. So thank you. Thank you for those uh, opportunities. Yeah, no, it's great. So we started this podcast to encourage everyone who's listening to join us in giving more, giving back to our community. We want to live to give more, thus the name of this podcast. So here are several action steps. 
you can raise money, you can donate funds, you can most important donate your time and talent as a volunteer. Become an advocate to support any programs offered by the Jack and Jill Children's Center. There are a variety of volunteer opportunities on its website. So many of these can be done, as Heather said, on the website, which is www.jackandjillcenter.org. So try to go on right now as you're listening to this. Pick at least one thing to do this week and tell us about it on our Instagram account. Follow us at live to the number two, give more. So everyone, check out Jack and Jill Centers. Check out Heather. Just from listening to her for these from these last few minutes, you could tell she is probably one of the most impressive people you will have the opportunity to meet and hear from. So thank you, Heather, for giving us all of this information. This truly has been, Heather, a very insightful, helpful, and educational conversation. Thank you for today for teaching us and sharing with us all that you have done. And we look forward to seeing all the incredible things that Jack and Jill Center can do for the future of our children. Yeah, I mean, we have no doubt with you at the helm. uh, Absolutely. You're going to continue to do incredible things. So thank you so much, Heather. Thank you, ladies. Thank you.